Dad assured me I wouldn't. Exactly 31 years and two weeks ago. When the co-founder of AA, the surviving co-founder, Bill W., was pacing the floor of a hotel lobby in Akron, Ohio. Sober, yes. Physically. Mentally seeking more, of course. And he had one thing in his mind. I must reach someone else. I must have some companionship. I must have communication. I need it. I have to have it. Can you with me envision today the loneliness that that man was suffering at that time? It makes me the more grateful when I think of that because Bill had no 12 steps. He had no big book. He had no 12 and 12. He had no pamphlets. He had no literature. He had not another AA. He had nothing, nobody, to whom he could turn but the God of his understanding. That was all. You know the story of Bill. You know how he found Dr. Bob and how the two got together. He found that necessary, that vital communication which has become so important to all of us. Yes, I, I know the feeling. I know the meaning of this thing called loneliness. I lived it for many, many years. I suffered through it. I tried to drink through it and couldn't. I think if I would turn back the pages to the time that uh, perhaps a boss of mine mentioned the fact that I was drinking too much and cut it down, kid. Start cutting down a little bit. You're on the juice too freely. And I went on the defense immediately, defending myself against him. But I think, too, that the first glimpse of guilt popped out in my mind. I had been discovered. I had been discovered by others, by a man who was not an alcoholic, but who recognized the fact that I was working too hard on this stuff. And I went on the defensive. And I think then I began to form that shell, which was later to completely surround me and enclose me and cut me off from you and leave me in the state of isolation and desolation, which only, I think, the alcoholic can really know. And then there were friends. And then there were working associates. And then there was even a bartender and a bar manager and, of course, my wife, all saying, Al, you're drinking too much. Al, cut it down a little bit. And I drank the more and tried to pull myself further into that shell to cut myself off from these people so they wouldn't know too much about me. To the point that that loneliness finally reached the stage where, even at home, in the simplest family conversation, I gave my wife the silent treatment. I couldn't respond to her. There was no response to be had. I had to pass her up. Uh, on even, even those minor things that might arise in the workaday world. Even those little things that might come up uh, in your own home. 
just to sit there, not concerning drinking, concerning anything. I had to turn away from her. I had to shut her off, too. I think perhaps the alcoholic is the loneliest man in the world. And not until I reached that stage as a desperate wino, when I could go no further, when hospitals had failed me, when the bottle had let me down, when I had no place else to turn, a desperate, terribly sick, lonely man turned to you in AA, turned to Alcoholics Anonymous. And there I found, perhaps for the first time, that the shell was cracked slightly. I found that here were people who might understand. Here were people who might accept. Or after the first meeting, I didn't actually belong. I've heard people say, say from the outset, they belong to AA. I, I couldn't feel that exactly. I think perhaps I was too much of a doubter, about which you heard such a wonderful talk a moment ago, I think perhaps I was too much of a cynic, too much of a skeptic, too much of one who has turned his back on all the good things of life to merely move in and say, I now belong. It took more than that for me. It took a good deal of work. It took some time. It took some frustration, if you please. Yes, it took fear. I feared greatly. So I think this loneliness of mine embodies all of these things. But after a while, as time went on, I found a little bit more. The door opened slightly more for me as I tried to understand. As this program began to unfold for me, well, I tried to gulp the program down. I was so very anxious, I tried to gulp it all. I tried to swallow the big book. And it didn't go down so well. I pretty little choked. And I had to kind of back up and start over again and take her a little bit at a time. Just a little bit. And gradually, I could get that one morsel and then another and then another from this fellowship of AA. And you opened the door a little wider for me. It didn't all come in a matter of weeks or months. There were setbacks that came along the way. I remember the night we were sitting in a meeting in the group which I had first attended in the city of Detroit. And that night, it was in the fall of the year, and I've been sober since April. And on that particular night, some who had had some difficulty with AA we're wondering ahead, we're thinking ahead. What am I going to do to remain sober over Thanksgiving? What do you do to remain sober over Christmas? What do you do about the holidays and New Year's Eve? How do you stay sober then? These were the thoughts in the fall of the year that were going through the minds of some who were at that meeting that night. And I was that little dummy sitting there, 
who had tried to take what you gave me, and I leaned over and said, uh, in a half whisper perhaps, or a stage whisper, I said, I thought you did this thing one day at a time. And the guy sitting on my left shushed me up real quick. And he says, you're new in the program. We don't want to hear from you about this. And the thought occurred to me, when? When will I belong? When will I belong? And sometime later in that same group, there was an old-timer there, and unwittingly one night he pulled a little trick or a little stunt on me regarding a book that I had purchased that night from the literature table, and he decided he wanted that book. And during the course of the meeting, he had come in late, and in the course of the meeting he reached out and took that book from in front of me at the table and said, I want that, and turned and walked away. I knew that I could uh, uh, be compensated for the money that I'd spent for the book. That didn't bother me, but the thought came again, the question, that burning question, when will I belong? When will I belong? I still didn't feel quite that part. I was still a little bit alone. But time passed, and one day I was sitting at home thinking, I was thinking, I had been reading some, some uh, matter which had come in the mail that day from New York, from the General Service Office, and it had mentioned there the loners, our loan members, the guy who might live on an island by himself out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean someplace, the guy who might live in the frozen Arctic lands, wherever he might be, I correspond with several of them, of them now, wherever he might be. We know him as loners. Yet, those people are not alone. I thought of the internationalist, the man who is the merchant seaman, who travels the high seas, whose ships ply the seas around the world. And every time he puts into a port of call, there's literature there from the AA General Service Office. This man, the internationalist, is not alone. What was this then? What was this loneliness I felt? I thought a good deal about that matter, and I thought further about the 12 steps of AA, and I, I, I could readily accept the fact that I am Al, I laughingly say I am an Al, Al, my title, full title is Alcoholic. I, I I am an alcoholic. I accepted that fact in the first step. I came to believe with you people. I was able to make a decision insofar as the third step was concerned. And then came the big one. An appraisal of me. A study of me. Digging down hard and deep, who, what manner of man is this Al Goodson? Who is this fellow? What am I? And digging into that fourth step, I think it opened again another door, or perhaps a door a little wider. It opened.
the door to the fifth step. And I think that in the fifth step, and this is my own opinion, rest the solution. Rest the antidote, if you please, to this matter of loneliness. Because I think it was necessary for me to go out and give and share with someone else my failings, my shortcomings, the exact nature of my wrong. I had to give this away to someone else. I had to talk with someone else and there to find the most blessed relief and release I have ever known in my life. What a wonderful, marvelous experience it was. Yes, I mentioned the word share. I think that further, further the solution for me to escape this loneliness to wipe it away, to erase the loneliness which had been mine, because I had to share. For in sharing, I was to be shared with. I had to give. For to give, I would be receiving a thousandfold. And I had to pray. I had to use that eleventh step. I had to seek through prayer and meditation a closer conscious contact with this God of my understanding. I had to ask that his will, not mine, be done. In so doing, then, in sharing, in giving, in praying, I found there I don't have to be alone anymore. Thank you. Most of you present here today are members of Alcoholics Anonymous. How would you like to follow him? I would like to close our panel today by reading something, because I can't hardly memorize my full name, that was written, I'm sure many of you have heard it, by one of us. And it's called Metanoia. I was afraid and I drank, and fear shroud like wrapped me even tighter in its grave folds. I was lonely and I drank, and loneliness like black insidious night engulfed me. I was resentful and I drank, and resentment took root and thrived in the desert of my soul. I was defeated and I drank, and defeat became a thousand lances to pierce my tormented heart. I heard of God, of love, of service, and I drank, but only of the words, and sparingly at first. Then as their cool, sweet waters gently laved my tortured being, fear its shroud loosed, departed. Loneliness fled into the dark crevices of the night. Resentment broke under the impress of love. And defeat dead fires rekindled themselves from the braziers of service. And I drank in the warmth of the morning sun, of the purity in the eyes of a child, of the mercy and love of an infinite God, 
and I drank until my soul was filled. I want to thank the Southern Area again, your chairman, for inviting us from the North. And now, those of you who will, join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, Familiarize 
the wife with AA and alcoholism. And many women come to our meetings whose husbands are still drinking. Many of them expect that we have some magic words or a pill that we can give them which will end all this misery for them. Unfortunately, we don't have anything like that. We have a fellowship that has a program very similar to AA, and we are taught that this is an illness, a compulsive illness. We are also taught that we are sick too, that our children have suffered from this illness that has progressed so rapidly in our families, but that there is hope, and we regain our faith in ourselves, our alcoholic, and a different, better faith in God. To the new women who come in, we ask them to come back at least a dozen times to listen with an open mind, take what they can home and think about it. I remember when I came in Allen, and there were many things I couldn't agree with, and I'd go home and I'd think about it. Well, maybe those are the things I needed the most and didn't realize. But women who come long enough and want to do something about their miserable lives and listen, Many times, the things that are wrong, but if they realize that they are wrong, are going to be that much better off for, for it. We can be bad examples as well as good, you know. But if they can come often enough and think about it and attain what we call an emotional, an emotional sobriety of a sort, they too will have an opportunity to evaluate their lives, their relationship with their husbands, and decide what they're going to do about it. Now, we're not marriage counselors. We can give no advice. I can only tell you how things worked out in my life, many times how they didn't, and I had to start over again. But maybe my life was entirely different than yours. We're all individuals. Our alcoholics are human beings, as you have said, with dreams and intelligence and possibilities as well as any other individual and perhaps more, as is my opinion, listening to a speech like this tonight. But... You can find a way to attain what you want, and I think that serenity, peace of mind, and a little bit of that humility that Yev seems to have found. By reevaluating your own life and deciding what can be done about it. Now, Yev told us that he was shotgunned in the AA. Many times that works. Many times it doesn't. But it's understanding with love, as he spoke of it, that can help us understand 
our husbands better than we ever did before, and then to understand ourselves. If we're going to be a working unit, we do have to understand with love. And it has been my experience that children respond to a better situation at home. They're very anxious to have their alcoholic parent be what they always pretended he was. And they're very grateful and very happy when that alcoholic sobers up and becomes that wonderful mother or father they always knew he could he or she could be. These are not the problem. The problem is to really understand what your husband is going through if he's still drinking. Ask God to guide you into the proper channels for recovery. We are told there is no such thing as a hopeless alcoholic. And there are many ways, by a change of attitude, where we can help our husbands along that road. They say it takes a greater love to let your child burn himself than to keep him away from the fire. And many times, if we are big enough to let the alcoholic face his crisis and see himself as he really is, we get a better look at ourselves, and our love is stronger for it. I want all of you alcoholics to know that Al-Anon is not a gossip group. Many men in the beginning didn't want their wives to attend because they thought all we did was talk about our husband's horrible escapades. We have had women who have done that, and it's been tragedy. There are many women we've lost because they didn't like what they heard. I personally like to be inspired when I go to a meeting. I need lots of help in many ways to carry on as I am trying to through the 12 steps of Al-Anon. This is an easy program. It's a simple program, but it isn't easy. And if you really want to make yourself just a little bit better because you have been exposed to this marvelous philosophy, you're going to have to work awfully hard on it. If your husband, and I don't think there are many here tonight, but there are many all over the world whose husbands are, and wives are still drinking, if you want sobriety for that loved one, it's going to take a little effort on your part, a little change of attitude. I don't think that means that you have to pamper or baby or put up with anything. You still have your own standards that you're going to live by. And the one thing we try to impress on the girls, no matter what you do, do it with dignity. You can dignify this illness. You don't have to be a fish woman. It doesn't do any good. This is an illness that can be arrested. And with its arrestment and with AA, you're going to find something very wonderful. I'm not going to tell you about my story. It was long. We were married 20 years before my husband came into AA. And we had 18 years after AA, to live together. Now, many times God says no. And AA sobriety does not solve all problems. 
We had quite a few more after AA. But we had communication, and we knew that we could see things through together. And this, to me, is one of the most important things in marriage. In fact, it was five years ago that my husband discovered he had a malignant voice box, and it was removed. And then after about six months, we realized that things weren't going too well. And it wasn't too long after that that we discovered it was going to be fatal. But through growing up, through having discovered how much we meant to one another, we almost felt privileged to have had the opportunity to really live for one another for a few years. I don't think we could have done this if we hadn't had the philosophy of the two programs. And it was a really wonderful experience, even though it meant I'm alone. During this time, we also discovered we had an alcoholic son. And this is his problem. And his wife, not mine. My problem is to keep on living the way my husband would want me to. And I feel he'd want me to be part of this great fellowship. I feel that Al-Anon, the philosophy, can help you in any walk of life, in your job, in your social life, in your marriage. And I know that it was through this that Carl and I did stand at the foothills of humility, as you have said. Thank you. Well, Joe, that concludes Saturday night, May 21st at Memorial Hall in Racine, Wisconsin, and that part of the conference which took place there.